So episode seven, Tweet Talk, Raphael and Charles. It's lit. Lit. Thanks for joining in for episode seven. For all the listeners. Um, some traction, man. We're getting some traction. Yep. Going strong. Haven't missed a week yet. Trying to build this up. Uh, so how are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Um, taking a lot of action. Uh-huh. Giving a lot of money away to homeless people. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm good. My back kind of hurts right now. But, uh, carrying a heavy load. Carrying a heavy load, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's why. <laughs> yeah. I saw uh, on Twitter you were talking about... Um, Giving big money to a homeless man, maybe you'll inspire him. Man, I'm like, I'm very glad you asked that question because there's somebody else who kind of he challenged it. Yeah, right? I saw that. And so his challenge, basically, he was saying, um, he was he was basically saying that doesn't make any sense that giving them big money would teach them how to save and invest their money. And I was like, how does that even like correlate? Like I didn't that's not what I said. But that's what you interpreted off of what I said. Mm-hmm. What I realized though is I was like, you know what? In a lot of instances, we give homeless people our things. We give them pennies. And we don't actually put them in position to really do much to anything but go back to begging. And so I was thinking, I was like, if I give you big money, then maybe, and I do two things, maybe it'll allow you to not have to beg, which will then allow you to be productive, or maybe you won't be inspired because the thing about it is, I see so many black people that are homeless. And for me, I feel like it's a mental thing. They're taught that they can't do it. They're taught it's impossible. They're taught that it's hopeless. And so I feel like if I can show you that it's not hopeless and if I'm willing to invest back into you and give to you, then maybe you'll realize it's not hopeless and maybe you'll realize that there are black people out here doing it and then maybe you can walk into it. And so for me, whenever I say stuff, it's so multi-layered. It's not just like I always talk about investing, so this comment must be about investing. Like, no, like I talk about a lot of stuff. And sometimes you just got to show people that it's possible. Sometimes you got to show people that like, I come from where you come from. I have the same history as you have. I have the same ancestors you have. And I'm making it where you feel like you can't make it. And I'm willing to financially invest back into you to show you that I love you, to show you that I care for you, to show you that I want you to win. And that's what I was trying to say. This dude over here, like, I, I feel like we, we do it a lot to throw more change or throw more pennies. And so what does that indicate? It might indicate that they're struggling too. I'm not struggling anymore. I have gone through periods of struggle, but right now I'm very blessed. And my business is doing well. My professional career is doing well. My investments are doing well. So I feel like I have more obligation to give big, not to kick a little change. I'm trying to give you like 20, trying to give you 100. I'm trying to like put you on. I'm trying to adopt you because the thing is, my passion for the homelessness is like I said, I see so many people who look like me who are out there. And it's it's multifaceted. For one, the reason why you don't see a lot of other people's people out there is because they're willing to do what I'm doing. 
they're willing to invest back into their own people. They're willing to give it to their own people. And so the counter argument is what that one guy said. He's like, oh, well, it doesn't make any sense. He won't know what you Well, maybe I got to teach him something. I told I put out a tweet one time and I was like, because I was on the train and I felt like these young dudes are kind of plotting on me trying to get my laptop and trying to get my bag. Uh-huh. And I was like, you do yourself a disservice by trying to get my laptop instead of trying to learn what I learned. You would be better off coming to work with me, coming to work for me, and trying to learn the knowledge that I have as opposed to just getting a laptop so you can get a thousand dollars so you can buy some more sneakers. There's so many young men in jail right now over a thousand dollars. There's so many young people in jail over some sneakers. Whole life ruined over some sneakers. And I'm over here creating multi, like wealth upon like it's just nuts. We own so many homes, we own a barbershop, and now we're over here like, damn, we might just have to buy the asset, purchase the asset for the barbershop owner, and just sell it to him. We already have the client now. So that's just that was kind of my purpose of the tweet. It wasn't. It's not as limited as like, oh, if he takes the money, he can invest it. But that's what you say. Like, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying sometimes you gotta be the the same. Sometimes you gotta be the example and show people. You also have to be able to give to them and invest in them and not just say like, it is on your own and word. Because I feel like that's why so many of those people are there is because the way we raise men, we raise them in a get it your own n word type manner. And the world ain't out there trying to save no, nobody, specifically us. And so you're out there throwing them to the competition saying sink or swim, and 90% of us ain't swimming. A lot of folks ain't swimming, bro. And that's just my that's my philosophy. I just want to be the change. I don't look at problems and point at them. I look at problems and create solutions to solve them. Okay, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, sometimes you gotta you gotta realize just because you put money in, it's not it's not always gonna come back. If it's a real estate, whatever. Some... It does come back, man. I disagree with that to one hundred percent. Okay. It does come back. I was walking down the street. And there was a homeless dude in front of Starbucks. And he was like, hey, man, can you give me some money? I'm trying to get something sweet. And I sent him a $10 bill. And I went back to my desk. And then I had a podcast sponsor from my other podcast come through. And she was the money that I've been waiting on. It does come back, man. Never assume that it does, doesn't come back. I was, tell, I was, I put it in a tweet afterwards, and I was saying, like, we have to do God's work on earth. If God wants things done, he gets it done through people. Therefore, if he can't get something done through you, he's not going to get the seed to you. If God knows that you're going to only use the resources that you come in contact with to bless yourself, he's not going to give you seed. And so it's like, I'm over here on the offensive, and that's how I've built every single business. I stopped looking to sell something, and I started looking to give something. Every single business is a give first. And that's not just a me principle. That's a Grant Cardone principle. Specifically, that's a Gary B, B principle. That's an Eric Thomas principle. Everybody that you see who's making it, they don't come out there saying, I got this, this nice car. Come buy it for me for $100,000. Like, no, they lead with the give. And so that's what I do. I lead with the give. The podcast is a give. I, I do the podcast for free. I learned so much with the podcast. And now the podcast has doubled my income. Mm-hmm. And it's just one, and it's something that's what's so crazy about it. I was thinking about it as, as I was walking to the train station. I was like, you know what? I give away so much because I do do the podcast for free. So I've created a source of income that I didn't even want in the first place. 
So I just try to give all the money away. But as I give, I grow. As I bless other people, I get promoted. You get the money back. It might not come in the form of an immediate return on investment, but it comes back, man. And I really want to encourage so many other people to give to your community. We lack value in our community because people are trying to get over on people that's just trying to give to them. They're trying to get over them and trying to like, instead of trying to help them, instead of trying to promote them. Like, it's just such a toxic environment. And while we're on this, it's so funny because I was talking to Rashonda Scott, and she was saying, like, when she does business, she does business openly with a good heart. And she said it's because that's where she came from. She came from a community mm-hmm. where they were building her up, where they were treating her well, where they were loving on her, where they were supporting her. And I came from the same thing. And so that's why I approach business that way. I don't approach business as how can I get over on you? How can I snake you? How can I take advantage of you? My investors make more money than me on, on the deals that we do, 100%. They take 80%, I take 20%. Because I realize that as I give and as I promote other people, we all win, man. Like, as you give to other people, you win. You got to give what you want. And that's, that's the key of hockey principle as well. He said, if you want money, you got to give money. This isn't just Charles talking, man. This is a lot of books, a lot of podcasts, a lot of listening, a lot of watching. I don't, none of the stuff that I ever say is just me based. It's always, it always has multiple sources backing it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. You said we blame society, but we are society. Man, that was so. When I saw that that post, it was so profound because people always want to talk about people holding their back. They always want to talk about nobody willing to help each other. They always want to talk about all these bad, negative things, the music that we listen to, the, the, the drugs and the alcohol that are in the community, and we don't realize, like, it's us, bro. But the beauty in realizing that you are the problem is it's a lot easier to change you than it is to change the world. And so it's like, that's the revelation. The revelation is, I don't got to change white people. I don't got to change my boss. I don't got to change my clients. I don't got to change anybody else but me. I walk through certain parts, and there might be people who look at me because I'm black, and they might be just like trying to like categorize me. But every time I just take it as a challenge, I take it as an opportunity to be dope and not as an opportunity to complain and blame and all that stuff. And so if we want a good society, we got to build it. If we want clean streets, we got to clean them. If we want good music, we gotta make it. We gotta stop listening to the bad stuff. We are society. That's both a revelation and a challenge. If we are society, I put a, I was talking about about this today in regards to homelessness. Homelessness. I was like, you see people, you don't see a, a homeless Asian person because the homeless Asian people have taken responsibility of making they're not homeless. Therefore, if you see a bunch of homeless African American men or African American people in general. That's our failing. That's not their failing. That's our failing. And once we take 100% accountability, once we take extreme ownership, the whole community can change. The whole community can grow. And we can stop being a victim's little bees. And so, like, that's all I was saying is it was a revelation because everybody complains about it. Oh, the black community is the black community. That, well, bro, like, we are the black community. I'm black. And right. I'm in the community. Therefore, I'm the black community. 
So therefore, you got to change what you're doing. You got to change what you're doing. You can't expect other people to do the changing for you. You can't expect the government to drop a bunch of money on you and things can change because rich N-words with money are still some mother effing N-words. You don't just not be an N-word because you got money. You're just an N-word with money at that point in time. You got to stop being an N-word and then when you get money or you don't get money, you still win. It's like, it's like Martin Luther King said. He was like, it doesn't take any money to be a decent, outstanding human being. It doesn't take any money to grin yourself and clean yourself and come out with the house presentable. It doesn't take any money to do that stuff. It doesn't take any money to be as mannered. It doesn't take any money to be polite. It doesn't take any money to speak well. But we can continue to blame money for all the things that we're supposed to change ourselves within ourselves for ourselves. Right. Can't be just pointing fingers all day long. You can't. You can't, man. I mean, you you can if you want to just stay where you are. But that's what a lot of people do, and they don't grow. I always tell people, I don't know if I said this on this show. I think I have said this on this show. But I'm good. Anything <laughs> I share is to help other people. I'm sharing what works for me. I'm not sharing what I think might work. I'm sharing what's worked for my parents. I'm not sharing what I think might work. The two-job thing is what my stepdad did to buy his first house, which then allowed him to house hack and to buy a bigger house. Mm-hmm. I didn't make this up. I've seen it work. It works. My stepdad would work a daytime job. He'd make good money, but he, he didn't make buy a house money. So what could he have done? He could have sat around complaining about not having house money. No. He started driving limos at nighttime, driving limos on the weekends. And what's great about that is it can go two ways. It can stay a job or it can turn into a business. He just never took a leap into turning it into a business, but it could have turned into one. He could have bought his own car. He could have bought multiple cars. He could have done it that way. But it's still lucrative. Like, there's no such thing as wasted action. We're losing because we're sitting around taking vacation, but we should be taking action and liberating ourselves. So, I mean, we're going to get into the two-job discussion later, but that second job most likely ain't going to be glamorous, bro. That second job most likely is going to get people looking at you like, why do you work there? But as they're saying that, you've got to be making progress. As they're saying that, you got to be paying off your debt. As they're saying that, you got to be having extra cash in your pocket so you can pay your, pay your bills and still have money to invest. So I know we'll get there, but yeah. Yeah, let's get there now. So you were saying on Twitter, all y'all need to be working second jobs, even if you already make good money after your weekends and evenings. Mm-hmm. Because people need to be getting to have to live. All this, I take weekends off. All this, I take nights off. All this lazy stuff is whack, man. It's whack. If, I mean, if you have, a, if you have a, a job that you can work overtime, working extra 60 to 80 hours, that's great. But a lot of people are broke and have bad credit because they're lazy. And they and, and when I was a young person, I thought that I thought work was a burden. I I thought that work was something I had to tolerate. I had to suffer through, not something I could enjoy and love for my all into. And when you take that approach with your work, opportunities flock to you. When you dread work, when you hate work, when you just tolerate work, you you might either 
just barely exists where you are, never gets promoted, or you might be out the door. And I say this because a lot of people think that passive income is a savior. A lot of people think that, oh, I just got to get passive income. Oh, I just got to get business income. Oh, I just got to get this. The most highest paid people in America work the hardest. I don't care what anybody tells you. Grant Cardone works way more than 40 hours. Works way more than 50 hours. He works about 80 to 90 to 100 hours. Gary Vee works his face off. Eric Thomas works his face off. The top CEOs work their face off. The top lawyers work their face off. The top doctors work their face off. The top, all these tech company dudes, they work their face off. They're not on the beach collecting checks. So this whole fantasy of I'm just going to get passive income and retire early, like, that just doesn't exist, man. It doesn't exist. I mean, if it does exist, it follows a lot of hard work. It follows a lot of sacrifice. And so I only bring that up because I want people to focus more so on doing the work and not so much on finding a shortcut. Because a lot of people think that passive income is their shortcut. They think that all they got to do now is do a few things, buy a few properties, and they'd be living a good life. Like, yeah, that might work, but it's unlikely. You likely got to work your face off. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of people that I work with, right? who are invested in our, in our deals, but they don't want to do any work. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is they don't get the results, man. They don't get the skills. They don't get the connections. They want to just be investors and get a passive check. And then what happens is I end up doing all the work, but I get all the skills. Then I can say I need $200,000 to buy 10 homes, but I have the, the contractor. I have the, I know what we should be paying for a house. I know who I can get to to do the work. I know what it's like to manage property because I've been managing property for two years. Like, I just did the work, and now that work yields me freedom. But people don't want to do the work because they just think it's like they're thinking in terms of clocking in for 40 hours. If you, everything you do after 40 hours is freedom. This world takes into, like, pricing isn't just pricing. Pricing takes into consideration a lot of different things. I always tell people, like, in a lot of instances, this world assumes that you have two incomes. This world assumes mm-hmm. that it's not just a single person going through it. Therefore, if you are a single person, you're wondering why it's so difficult to get financing, why it's so difficult to get a house, why it's so difficult to um, qualify for certain things. It's because their the criteria is two people. When we went through this whole era of getting two people to have income, now cars are, are priced at that level. Homes are priced at that level in certain states. In some states like Texas, in some parts of Atlanta, and some other parts of the country, like they don't like you can have one income and be good. In California, that's not the case. In California, you gotta have two incomes. That's why whenever I see those things and they talk about, oh, if a man making you do this, he ain't a man. Like, have you seen California? Entry <laughs> level home in California is a half a million. Really, that's three thousand dollars a month. The average salary for a Black American is about thirty grand a year. Therefore, if you live in California and you don't pay for anything and you're a woman, your husband has no money at all. In fact, you're in poverty. So this whole, I feel like we have reconditioned a lot of things, but I just, I feel like whatever you do on top of your working income puts you ahead of the game. It puts you ahead of the game. I'm ahead of the game because I'm working and I'm still getting paid from the podcast. I'm working and I'm still getting paid for consulting. I'm working and I'm still selling courses. I'm working and I'm still getting all these sources of revenue. I'm working and the stocks are making me money. 
Like that's how you get ahead. You get ahead by doing what they're not doing. Just like they say, invest where other investors aren't investing. Work when they're not working. Do what they're not doing. And you'll make money they're not, they're not making. And we can even break it. It's not even, it's not even like a philosophical thing. It's a math thing. It's pure math. If you work a job that pays you $15 an hour, which is probably below people's pay grades, which they believe, 15 bucks an hour, and you work 15 hours a week, that's next to 225 a week, which is actually another 450 per pay period, which is an extra $900 per month. Most people do a loan payment for like 200 bucks a month, and they're not paying them. You can pay out the student loans in a month. And I really got this thing because there's a couple that paid off like a ton of debt, and they did it because it just worked. Invest, you can, and that's the crazy part about it. It's people assume that you can't do both. They assume you can't work a job and invest and start a business. But what I told people is as you work hard, it allows you to invest hard. As you work hard, you're bringing in money that you don't need. Money that you don't need is the right. perfect capital. People need to be working more than enough so they can have more than enough money. They just want to like work just enough and they have just enough money because they're so focused on, I need to chill. Like chilling, chilling, doing shit. Chilling is not changing anybody's life. And we've been doing a lot of chilling, a lot of partying, a lot of celebrating mediocrity. And it's time to switch it up. It's time to commit to the work and get it while they're getting this good. Yeah, before you, I uh, saw on one of the blog posts, um, you were saying 40 hours to live and 40 hours to build. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break. But anyway, you know, you were saying 40 hours to live, 40 hours to build. First 40 pays your bills and runs your life. The next 40, you use that to build. You buy assets, invest, do all that. 100%. It's just it's crazy because people will talk about all these different reasons why they can't get ahead, why they can't win, why they can't do that. That doesn't exist in America. That might exist in other areas of the world, but not in America. I mean, you can get a part-time job. Not where you can get a second part-time job. Not where you can start a business. Not where you can do all the things. But the crazy part about it is you just broke down the math, right? And the average person doesn't have a $1,000 saved. The average person doesn't have $1,000 saved. But the average person is out here just chilling. These days, I feel irresponsible if I'm not working and making money. If the day goes by and I'm not working to make the money, I feel like I just wasted that day. Honestly, if the day goes by and I didn't work at least 12 hours, I think I wasted that day. And I'm different than most people. I admit that. I'm kind of crazy. But I know what I want out of life. And I just feel like you just got to put the hours in until you don't have to put the hours in. At a certain point in time, after you invest $1,000 a month, this is more than most people invest per year, you'll you'll be all right. Right. You know, that's a thousand dollars a month, and before you can buy a house per year, a house per year is going to pay you eight hundred bucks a month. Eight hundred bucks a month after four years, you have thirty four hundred in passive income coming in. But the crazy part about it is just because you passive, just because the income is passive doesn't mean that you have to be passive. Like just because you have passive income doesn't mean that you got to go on a beach. There's a lot of people out there who are retired, but they still go to work, and they probably work harder than us. Because it's not about the money, it's about the freedom. It's not about the money, it's about having choices. And you can always need more money. But I just, I mean, the crazy part about it, like I said, is people might not ever get this, but I'm going to still do what I'm going to do. And I'm living well, and I'm happy. I just try to help other people with what I know. And if they, if, if they accept it, great. If they don't, I'm 
it's so funny because when I think about it, let's say maybe a year, a year and a half ago, money was tight for me. I had bills up to my neck. And I was driving like a, a, a old minivan at the time. I was like, man, I got to do something. I had thought about doing Uber, but I was like, enough is enough. I got to do something. I'm like, I'm driving this gas, this big old minivan that's going to eat the gas. I said, you know, I can't. I just, I guess I got to do something. Signed up for Uber. Mm-hmm. My van was too old to do regular Uber. So I had to do, mm-hmm. sign up for Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that. And like, just doing it on the weekends, it was making a thousand a month. Wow. And that got me out of a jam. And then right. and then I started making a little bit more money on my job. And then I got out of the bind and things loosened up. And I started to, like, take my foot, my foot off the gas, so to speak. But then it's like, so I make more now. But, I mean, I was making 1000 a month just off Uber, Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. You know, 1000 a month could change your life if, if you if, like you said, right. you never – Invested a penny in your whole life, a thousand a month could do a lot for you. Hey, and that's what's so crazy about it is like it's accessible. Everybody wants to walk up, and that's what that's what frustrates me about the African American men in the downtown. Like, it's not that they're homeless; it's that they're not being productive. It's like it's like Timothy like said. He said, "Nigga, do something. Do something. Go sweep some some." Go sweep some stuff. Go pick up trash. Go help cross people through a safety walk. Do something. I tell people, if you don't make as much money per hour as somebody else, you just got to work more hours than them. Like, that is the beauty of America. We have the luxury of solving all our problems through work and through creativity. I'm not telling you that you got to bust your face forever, but what I am telling you and if you don't come from luxury, you get to bust your face. The crazy part about it is I think about this sometimes. It's like, we can break down the numbers on generational wealth. Right? So say, for example, somebody left them a million dollars. That's a lot of money. But like if you were to say, okay, a million dollars invested at 10% is $100,000 per year, which I, I'm not even going to say 100%. Let's say invested at 4% because that's more reasonable. A million dollars at 4% is like TV. And like a test account, and you're going to make $20,000 a year. So if you have two jobs, and they both pay $20 per hour, you effectively create a generational wealth for yourself because now you have an additional $40,000 per year, which effectively means you have a million dollars per year. But the crazy part about what happens when you work that much is you get skills. And a lot of people don't realize that like those skills are going to elevate you. Yeah, you might be making $20 per hour in year one, you're tweeting making twenty five, thirty dollars per hour. You're tweeting right. making even more. And if you're smart and you start you don't have to be a skills consultant, you can make a hundred dollars per hour, one hundred and fifty per hour, two hundred per hour. And so it's like the book, um thinking grow rich of black choice. He says, Work is a savior. The reason why slaves were able to be a property is because they had the skills of being farmers. These we we overlooked that. These motherfuckers can't plant shit. Somebody out there to go be a sheriff, but they couldn't do it because they don't know. Slaves learn to work. They learn to do pay work, but they have skills. They learn how to plant something. They learn how to watch it grow. They learn how to cultivate it. They learn how to harvest it. Those are skills, bro. 
those are skills, and some people have uh, carried it into um, sharecropping. Some people started their own farms. Some people did whatever they did. But my my in law, my, my grandparents, when they came out to California, they had a farm. They grew their own food. We can't grow our own food. We got to go to the grocery store, and then we complain about what they feed us. Like, we're victims, and victims don't win, man. It might sound good to be a victim. But you never win when you're a victim. You just get to like to laugh at behind closed doors. <laughs> right, yeah. The slaves were the mechanics, they had the cooks, they had all the skills basically. Right. Skills. It's like Eric, skills is so important. We don't need reparations, we need skills because money follows skills. Money follows skills. Being a lawyer is a skill. And quite honestly, if you learn the skill of being a lawyer. After all, some folks learn the skill of being a lawyer. Not so much making money at my, at my job at the firm, but learning the skill because the skills worth a million dollars a year. The job is just worth a hundred thousand dollars a year. The skills are the matters, man. If you learn the skill, you go out, you get your own business, and then you start bringing your own cases, the sky is the limit, but it follows the skill. The sky follows, follows the skill. The sky follow the skills. You need skills. You need knowledge. You need the ability. It's like I was talking to Paki. He was like, we lost all our money, but we can get it back because we knew how to do it in the first place. I learned how to run a real estate empire because I just did the work. I learned how to start and run a barbershop because I just did the work. It's not fun. It hurts. It sometimes goes unpaid, but I'd much rather learn the skill of starting a barbershop partnership which allowed me to make $2,000 a month on top of all the other streams that I have, and sit around hoping for a check and return on a $500 investment. People are getting access to this so much, but they're walking away because they don't want passive income. People are staying poor because they want passive income. They're staying poor because they want the feeding stuff. They want the reparations. Like, no, I'm going to go work and I'm going to get mine. And I guarantee you, I'm going to be a lot further ahead than a lot of people in three years. And then people who are over here like, that's your big gun, that's your big gun, trading Forex, trading Bitcoin. I'm going to do the work, bro. I'm going to do the work. Put in the work, get the skills, get your income up. And for those listening, like you said, you're not talking about working two jobs forever, not talking about killing yourself forever. And besides, even if you make a high income on a job, either way, whether you get it from two jobs or one job, the point is either way you're still you're still not wealthy. You got either way you got to transform that income into assets, regardless. And that second job is going to get you there. I just I just feel like the idea that a second job is beneath people really pisses me off. It was like, how is the second job beneath you, but begging is not beneath you? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, well, we're old reparations. Like, no, your grandparents are old reparations. You ain't old a damn thing. You got free education. You get free housing. You get free food. You get free food since you get free food, uh, free health care. You earn free uh, uh, child care. I am of the opinion. But you do gotta work two jobs forever. You gotta get it how you live. You gotta work as many jobs as possible by any means necessary. 
I'm just so against us struggling and then saying, well, I don't want to do that. I've done a lot of stuff I didn't want to do. I think I told you this. I'm not sure if I told you this. When I first got out of college, it was very tight, tight job market. And I wasn't able to get the work that I wanted to get. And so I had a friend who owned a jumper company. I think I told you the story. Yeah, we talked about this. Right. Oh, yeah. so I was out there, uh-huh. Right. I was out there delivering bounty houses with a college degree in finance. And ultimately, I ended up getting the job that I wanted. And so it's like emotion is better than just sitting sitting around doing nothing. I would rather you like working two jobs into the point where your income doesn't require you to work two jobs instead of stopping to work two jobs because you're tired or because you want to just chill on the weekend. Well, I would chill on the weekend. So I just, I just, I, I don't like the, I like the whatever it takes mentality. And I think you got to get to getting that, getting that work in. Because quite honestly, it's like your kids need you to be successful more than this. My mom, she did that. She, um, we're growing up, she worked a full-time job, and her part-time job was getting her degree. Um, went, she went to college at nighttime, we didn't see her, but because she went to college, it taught me that I was going to college. Because she was spending time studying, it taught me the value of studying and focusing and learning. And so I learned more by seeing a lady get up and get after it than seeing somebody sitting around talking about what somebody owed her, sitting around talking about what happened to her our ancestors, around talking about what uh, nobody was willing to give her. No, she went out there and she got it. My mom is a hustler. And that is why I hustle. I am only a reflection of what I was raised in. That's all I am. Anything that you see is my parents did. My mom's had 10 children amongst all the peers. She has no proof. My mom is the one and only. These days, like college education is kind of popular. Like I always tell people, like, I'm not a first generation college student. And I grew up in California, which is very rare. If you grew up in the South, where HBCUs and all these schools, like, that makes sense. I'm not a first generation college student. I grew up in California. Like, that doesn't exist. Like, 95% of the black college educated people out here are first generation. I'm not first generation. I'm not first generation, but I have a parent who is guided. She knew what she wanted, and she would not settle until she got it. And that taught me so many more skills than just her being present. I'm just, I just, I come from a different cloth, man. And it, it, I don't, I don't hope I don't offend anybody. But I'm just telling people like, you got to pursue it relentlessly. I don't care what the skin color is. I don't care what the background. You got to get it. And your, your kid will appreciate you more for getting it than for being present. Like that's what I appreciate. I appreciate my mom buying a house and so many value in buying a home. I appreciate her for actually getting us to a place where we could experience the finer things in life. So that shapes what I wanted out of life. To the point that I do I do a lot better than my parents. But if they would have sat around doing nothing, I could have done just a little bit more than they did and been content. But no, I had to max out. I had to go all in. I had to go more than enough. So again, her second job to be kind of CPA and honestly, while she's still getting her master's in tech right now, she's in her last class. Mm-hmm. And that's just what we do. It is a family of getting after it. That's cool, man. This is Raphael with Tweet Talk. We cut this episode short because we were having technical difficulties and the audio got kind of bad near the end. But we did feel that the content was so good that we decided to put it out anyway. 
So we hope you got something out of it. Once again, we apologize for the bad audio near the end. But just remember, business and invest in our team sports. Let's get it together. Tweet Talk with Raphael and Charles signing out. Peace.